Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultralight Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm your host. So tonight I want to talk to you about intelligent physical training and how it pays off with more confident and successful races. The background to this was in 2017, I was having some really rough running results. In other words, everything seemed to come off. As soon as I got into races, I was just having just not a good time. My training cycles were off because there was stress on the job and all that kind of stuff that goes along with normal life. Things were just off. And I was talking to one of my running friends in Little Bitty Sheridan, Wyoming, and he said, maybe you should try using your brain in training instead of just running out the door and running and having no particular plan except whatever plan you downloaded from the internet tells you to run that day. He said, you got to use some intelligence in your training. Well, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I realized that that's exactly what I was doing. I was just downloading a training plan off the internet if it looked cool, if it looked like it could make it work for me. And then I'd just go out and I'd, I'd run miles. No semblance of how those miles work, no semblance of putting it all together and everything. And I knew that he had a point there. Maybe I should start using the brain that I'd been given to actually train a little bit better. So I went to a site on the internet that I've always liked. It's called Training Peaks. And I started looking. I, at one point, I was considering hiring a coach. Then, you know, I looked at the budget and I looked at how much it would cost to hire a coach. And I was just like, I, it's just not in the budget. I'm not that serious of a runner. I'm never going to podium. I just want to finish races. I want to finish. I don't care if I'm DFL, dead frickin' last. I just want to finish races. I was tired of getting the dreaded DNF, did not finish. And I was tired of... When I did finish feeling like crap and not being able to run for a week. And so I also knew that I did not have the budget to hire a coach. So I did the next best thing. I began to read and I read everything that I could possibly get my mind wrapped around about training and how to put some intelligence into training. And I'm telling you, when I began to do this, I began to train more intelligently. Not only did my training become more enjoyable, but I began to be more successful in my runs because I had a point to the running. It wasn't just roll out a training plan. Okay, says run three today. Okay, here I got to go run three. Yeah, it wasn't, okay, I got to do intervals today and you know I'm going to go run intervals, but I really don't feel like running intervals. And I'm telling you, things paid off in a fantastic way for me. And, and so that's one of the things that I'd really like to encourage you guys to do is put some of the intelligence into it. So running along the way, I've got all this stuff going. And then I moved back from the West to the East Coast. And all of a sudden, I, I did a tremendous amount of miles during the COVID lockdown year because that's you know what you could do. But I learned that I had to use some intelligence again because I had to adjust my training schedule. See, out west in Wyoming, my training schedule started about mid-March because that's when it stopped being zero degrees outside and it stopped snowing, sort of. 
and so you could actually get outside and start ramping up some miles and everything. One of the key things to when you begin your training cycle is base miles. I actually had this discussion with a good friend uh, running last night about building base and how to build base intelligently. And so I'm actually gonna, I was already planning on speaking on it, but I'm gonna speak on it a little bit more tonight. Your base miles in your training is one of the most intelligent things that you're going to do in building a successful injury-free running career. Doesn't matter whether you're a back-of-the-pack runner like me and you consider it a, an honor to get DFL, or whether you're a elite runner who is out there and either podi hitting a podium or nearly hitting a podium every time you step out and race. The thing is, is your base miles and your base core are the absolute most important part of your game. Fast forward, coming back to the east from the west, I began to build base miles. So I figured this out in 2018, began to build base miles that April to kind of end of May time period. That doesn't mean that I was running massive amounts of miles. I took a article that I found from Coach Greg McMillan, and it was called What is Base Training? You got to understand, Coach McMillan is probably one of the more successful coaches out there. He's done a ton, and this guy knows how to research running. In this whole What is Base Training article, and I encourage you to look for it, Coach Greg McMillan, What is Base Training? He actually goes into the whole history of base running, and he's got some things in here that really, I, I love history, and so it really excited me, and I enjoyed reading it. He said there's five goals, five primary goals of base training. Number one is to build aerobic efficiency. Number two is to improve musculoskeletal durability, and you're going to have to look that one up because that was a big word for me. Number three is to improve your ability to burn fat and spare carbohydrate stores. And number four is to improve the endurance of your fast twitch muscle fibers. And five, to create a tireless state mentality. So this is all part of your base. Now you notice there's not anything in that base that talks about base miles. You gotta build base miles. What you're trying to do is you're trying to develop, think of it as building a pyramid, all right? You don't start with the top of the pyramid. You don't start with the peak. You don't start with the summit. You start down at the base, the part that nobody sees, because the base is actually the part that you're building your home. It's the foundation. Nobody really looks at the foundation and goes, wow, what a great looking foundation. But that is your base. So as you're doing it, aerobic efficiency is your capacity to take in and actually use oxygen. There are lots and lots of technical things, and this is where I encourage you to read Coach McMillan's article about this whole thing. The way that I understand this whole oxygen is when you're out running, your ability to create the amount of oxygen that your lungs need to be able to operate efficiently is how you create that VO2 max. And it's there's a lot of technical terms with this. Putting it in dummy terms, it's creating the lung capacity to be able to run both fast, long, 
and do it for many, many hours. You have to go out and do that. That's aerobic efficiency. The other thing, the, the whole musculoskeletal density, muscle, musculoskeletal density, well, I'll say that 10 times really fast. That'll blow your brain. So all this is, is it's building the type of body frame as you're ramping up miles you're starting to develop more miles now you're taking and you're developing the base in your fibers and your muscles that can withstand the pounding that run takes this is where you might have heard me talk about building core core is an essential part of your base and i think a lot of runners forget about it because they're just so excited like me about just going out and running miles i love running miles but if there's no purpose to the miles this is that whole thing you'll see people that go out and they run circles for hours and hours and hours, all right, what they're doing is they're building base. They're building the efficiency to both run fast, if that's what you care to do. I say this a lot, but I really don't care about running fast. I don't enjoy running fast because fast scares me. So I don't know. When you're out there and you're building your base, it is important to go out and do some speed work. It is important to get out, even though we're here in Flatlanderville, it's important to try and find some hills and get out and do some hill training. It's important to do intervals. And intervals can be as simple as you're out for a five-mile run, and all you're doing is you're separating. You're going, okay, I'm going to run from here to that next tree as flat out fast as I can. You get to the tree, and now you're going to run slow, and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to run to that next stop sign at a you know zone one pace for my heart rates in that 110 to 125 area low heart rate and not really putting out a whole lot of effort and then i'm going to pick it up and i'm going to run it somewhere in a zone three so one of the cool things to me is that whole goal of fat burning and adapting your body so it's burning your glycogen glycogen probably is a better pronunciation somebody will tell me you know the whole fat burning so a lot of you know that I have had a 10-year battle with getting my weight under control. I finally feel like I'm under control, have dropped a lot of weight in the last two months, and thank you to some life coaches and some diet changes where I actually eat green stuff now. The green stuff was yucky before, so now I eat green stuff, and I, my potty feels much better. I'm at a weight that I feel tremendous. I'm not pounding my legs with an extra 30 pounds right now and I'm running much freer than I ever have before. Well, the thing is, is my body, because I've learned to train intelligently, is now burning fat more efficiently than it ever has before. It's all due to, well, not all, but most of it is due to building that base miles. For me, when I get my base built, so for me, like this year, when I started out, so I start, I take a two-week break in December, right before Christmas, and then I ramp up starting, you know, sometime around Christmas, I get back into the routine again. And that's when I begin my base building. So when I did my base building, I also made a very intelligent decision this year. See, I in the past have just ran whatever race just sort of, you know, struck me at the time because I'm just like everybody else and I get on ultra sign up and, ooh, that's a cool race. Ooh, that's a cool race. Or I get on some of the other sites, peruse the ultra marathon scene and go, ooh, I've never been to that part of the country. Maybe that would be a fun race to do. This year, I decided, oh, I'm going to group my races together in like-type races. And so I had an eight-hour race, and then I scheduled an 11-hour race, 
unfortunately I ended up with a 60k race in the middle there because I signed up way last year 2020 because I wanted to do the Long Creek 60k didn't really fit in and it showed because I stunk at the race and did not do well and then I had my 24 hour race my base building miles was building up to hour approaches running multi-hour races so that meant I had a different type of endurance that I needed to do and a different type of adapting my body to food so that I could do it. When I transitioned from base building, which for me was like a four-week period, basically to the end of January was my base building. Then I jumped straight into specialized training. So I knew my first eight-hour race was going to be on some pretty technical trails with you know ups and downs and everything and so i went out for a solid week and a half before that and all i ran were those type of trails and i just did it transitioned i ran multiple hours like three hours four hours at a time on different type of trails and just getting my feet on the type of surface then i knew my next multi-hour race is going to be on a gravelly type of trail in march and so when i recovered from my eight-hour race, I then began to train for the 11-hour race. And then when I finished the 11-hour race, unfortunately, I kind of had that 60K in there, and I changed my diet drastically in between, but the whole focus was on the 24-hour race. And so the 24-hour race was, once again, kind of a combination gravel-dirt trail, very flat this time, so I was doing all my training on very flat-type courses. So finished the 24-hour race, and now I know I'm getting ready for the Bighorn Mountain Race. I'm not actually racing the Bighorn Mountain Race. I'm doing what I love to do. I'm actually getting ready to pace a 100-miler at the Bighorn Mountain Race and to work the aid station and just have a great time in the Bighorn Mountains for a whole week and almost a week and a half. So my specialized training now is trying to find every hill that I can possibly find and trying to find some technical trails so I can get used to jumping over rocks and roots. And you know, out here in the east, the closest we have to the Bighorn Mountain Trail is the Appalachian Trail in terms of very narrow, single track. Appalachian's actually a little bit more difficult because there are way more rocks on the Appalachian Trail than there are in the Bighorns. But see, the whole thing is when you start to train intelligently, what you're doing is you're throwing that specialized training in so that you're focusing on what you're about to do so that you can have much greater success. That's what I have found. Now, once I finish Bighorn, guess what? I don't run well in the heat and humidity. I found this out last year. My body breaks out in weird things. So I go inside. So I'm going into a treadmill season. I'll do recumbent bike. I'll do the rowing machine. I'll do some core workouts. I'll rebuild my core again to get ready for my next specialized season, which is going to be some more 10, 12, and 24-hour and finally end it with an 8-hour race in November. So for me, it's very specialized training. But grouping my races together has been one of the most intelligent things that I've ever done. Because now I'm just like not going scatterbrained. I'm actually using my brain and I'm training better and I'm running better. And most importantly, I'm running injury-free. I've just completed three complete injury-free years and I'm starting on my fourth year of no running injuries. That's significant when you think about the number of injuries most people suffer throughout it. And I really think it comes down to that whole, are you training intelligently or are you just out there 
downloading a training plan and, and going for it and not really having fun. The last thing that I do in order to wrap this all together, and this is part of intelligent training, I remember why I love running. My passion for running is not about being on the podium. It has nothing to do with being first in a race. My passion for running is that it gets me outside. It gets my body moving every single day. It gives me something to focus on. You know, my yoga and my core exercises, they all tie in to what I'm doing training. Because, see, I love running just to be running. I don't care what the distance is. I do sort of care where we're running because I really still am very intimidated by uh, streets and lots of cars and everything when I'm running. I'm very intimidated by noise because of my hearing loss. There's little things that throw me off in running. But the one thing that has changed from 2017 and all my frustrations is I actually said, I have a brain. If I use my brain in my training, I'm going to end up with more enjoyable runs, more successful races, and overall, just an immense satisfaction with my running. And I think you can't put a price on that. Everything that I've learned about intelligent running, I've downloaded off the internet. I would love to say that I you know, would hire a coach one day, but I just don't think I ever will because it's just not one of the goals that I have. I think coaches are extremely valuable and I admire the people that have spent the time and the effort and the money to become a coach. I'm just not one of them. I do have a passion to help other people run and run well and run happy and run satisfied. And that's the whole point of living an ultra life. When I decided that I wanted to start living again, which is where living an ultra life came from, it came from I was dead inside and didn't have anything that I really was living for. And then I started running and developed this strange passion to always be outside in nature, running on different surfaces and seeing what's out there. And I came alive again. And then I started in 20, the late 2017, just putting some intelligence into my training. And I'm telling you, I am happier than I've ever been running. I am way more satisfied with how I'm doing. And I'd love to see you guys take running to a whole nother enjoyable level. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life. Hope you guys are enjoying this. I know I'm enjoying it a whole ton. We'll have a little surprise coming up with, uh, with the podcast. We're going to add a little something on another day of the week that we're published, but that'll be a surprise for later. You'll hear about that soon, but just know that there's something surprising coming up soon. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. Bye.